The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Street 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 touchdown! Parsons has second. Prescott keeps it and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company live from the star in Frisco in the SWBC studios. Welcome in, everybody. Today we preview the Dallas defense up against the Arizona Cardinals offense. Are they ever going to be challenged is is really the question today. Are they ever going to see a worthy opponent? They haven't seen one through the first two weeks of the season, but we'll talk about that more as we go along. We've got Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Machota, Chris Beam in the back. Isaiah, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you all doing? I'm good. Good. Yeah? You doing all right? I'm good, man. Yeah, what are you? Are you looking at your highlights again over here? Nah, you? no highlights. Here. Oh, you're doing that's some work. Work. That's all I do, Kyle. You're putting in PFF. You're 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 getting all the tabs open. Yeah, that's all I do. Kyle. All you do. That's, that's fair. Do. You don't slow I don't get down. to play. All I do is work. Another day, another dollar. Uh, another couple cents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got the button up rocking today. Yeah, a lot of a lot of shows today. So figured, you know, I'd come out. Come out, come out worthy. But mm. uh, went to the Dallas Wings game last night. Had Turns a great that. time, by the way. They're heading to the semifinals. Yes, so you are. guys get out there, get out there to Arlington. Everybody was there the last Wings. night. Yeah, yeah a it, lot. Was, it was loaded last night. There was a lot of people there. So. I went uh, on Friday last week. There we go. Yeah. So what is the semifinal? Is it like a best of what? Best of five. But okay. they're going against my favorite team, the Aces. So mm, but go out and support. Yeah, go Dallas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was so so tongue in cheek there. Very much. Uh, all right, so we we talked through really a, a significant about a, a amount of this defense, and we're going to preview the the Cardinals' offense in the second segment. But with with everything that's been going on defensively to this point for the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, is have we seen the the ceiling yet? I mean, have we really gotten to the point where we're looking at this defense and saying? Okay, that's as good as it's going to get, and the health will take its its toll as a 17-game season goes on, or are we just seeing the beginning of something that's growing? I mean, it's kind of hard to think it, it could be better than the, what it's been the first two weeks, right? I, it's just turnovers. Oh, one way I can think of, but go on. Go ahead. I'm curious. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, it's play like this. I'm not saying it's score total, but play defensively like this in a few weeks against the Niners. Against the for Niners. sure. That, that takes okay. it to another level for, for me. sure. I, I guess more so stacking up what they've had to go up against versus, you know, the product that they put on the field. It's It's been hard to imagine anything getting better than that. Obviously, better competition for sure. You're right. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it's the all three levels uh, have been playing pretty well. I, I guess you could look at a couple of guys that maybe I expected to, you know, have a bigger first couple of weeks, like Damone Clark. You know, I expected him to be you know a double digit tackle guy in each week and uh he hasn't been i mean there, there's just there, there could be a couple of reasons for those kind of things but it would be really nitpicking finding any negatives in this defense right now and then with arizona coming up i think it's just going to be another opportunity to feast mm-hmm. with kind of going to what you said there i mean damone clark leighton vanderesh those are names that we haven't really talked about a whole lot because i mean the the secondary is doing what they're doing with the interceptions the takeaways and the coverage you you look at what the front seven or not even a front seven but just the defensive line in general and what they're doing from a pressure standpoint 
linebackers haven't had to do a whole lot because there has been so much success on the front end and the back end. The middle of that defense really hasn't been super active. Yeah, and I think that there will be games where they have to have bigger games than they've had so far. But if you just tell me right now that Damone Clark and Leighton Van Der Esch are going to stay healthy all season, I have no concerns at linebacker at all. It actually makes me sit there and think of just like what it could be if Overshaw never got hurt, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I never looked at the linebacker core as having to be like these big-time playmakers on this team just because there's so many playmakers on the back end and on, on the defensive line. But I just if you can just tell me the health is there, those linebackers are more than good enough to get this team to where they need to go. Have you liked what you've seen from LVE and Damone so far? Yeah, it's been fine. I mean, when your defensive line is being dominant, you know, there's not much that you have to do at the second level. I mean, we talked about it last week with the Jets. They're their double-headed monster that they had um, at the linebacker position. These guys are just simply just playing off of the guys that are running around like crazy in front of them. So uh, there hasn't been a lot of demand on them. I think they probably had the most action last week because of their the attempting uh, rushing attack of the Jets, but that got shut down relatively early. Yeah, late Van Der Esch was really good in the run game yep. on Sunday specifically. Um, so it's it's not not as much the whole second level, more so just Damone. Um, you know, I'd like to see him get a double-digit tackle game and fly across the field. Like we saw in that preseason game against Jacksonville, I felt like that was like the most of what his potential could look like. Just making plays in the backfield, making plays in coverage, getting sideline to sideline. I'd like to see that a couple times. And, um, we're, we're not necessarily throwing Micah Parsons into the linebacker conversation here, right? Like yeah, he's, he's an edge rusher. He's a D-end in my D-end. opinion. D-end. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. that that's not the case. I liked your Nick at night. I read it this morning. The You can find it on DallasCowboys.com. Micah, jo- Micah Parsons is making my job hard is yep. what uh, – Nick Harris wrote about I mean tell me why that's the case why is he making it tough on you yeah so uh, you could think of any word in the book to describe Michael Parsons and I'm running out of words to use so uh, it it was kind of like an exercise of using you know different words to describe Michael Parsons and why why those things apply so I had a little fun with it it was kind of a funny concept and I just ran with it what would you what would be your one word just relentless Okay. Yeah, that's my word for him. Relentless is good. I'm looking at all of them. I'm scrolling down as we as we keep rolling. What do you think? What's your one word? Hmm. I mean, dominance the first one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. But I I know it's two words. But coaches always love to throw around the term game wrecker. You know, whether you talk like college football going into a you know big game, someone's got like a dominant edge rusher in the NFL, and I feel like it's thrown around probably a little too much. But he is absolutely like the definition of what a game wrecker is, especially with the way that he can just move around in so many different places. It's not like he just dominates from one edge. It's just that constant. I mean, the way he's sitting there doing like juke moves at the line over the center and over guards, like you think I'm coming? Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm coming. Maybe I'm not. And then he just like blows by them. Like, I don't know. There's just not a lot of comparisons to, to what he's done. Um, but I still think he can go to another level too, to be honest with you. Um, again, make those same plays against, you know, the Niners and, and some of those bigger games. I mean, he he has the potential to be a guy that does some of that stuff and almost single-handedly wins you a playoff game. I do yeah. think he's on, on that type of a level. So, uh, again, just like I said about Damone Clark and Lane Van Der Esch, not to beat this to death, but just if he stays healthy, everything will take care of itself with him. Yeah, it'll all work out. Here are the, the words that Nick threw out here. And tell me, so the column serves as an exercise so that way he doesn't end up or that way Nick doesn't end up on the wrong side of of Michael Parsons impact you yeah, know there we go. that was kind of the way you you set it up disruptive electrifying uh captivating 
generational. And then I saw you sneak that one in at the end. Immortal. Yeah, that's that's the one he has left to accomplish. That's the mm. one word in the bag that he does not quite have yet. A Super Bowl ring would would kind of give him that title, a Super Bowl MVP. So that's that's kind of how that that led into. Would you say generational is still? No, I don't think so. Just not because it, 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 I spoke in that paragraph to what John just said about how he could single handedly win a playoff game. When was the last time the Cowboys had a guy like that? Hmm. Where? Yeah, D. Ware probably, and that's a Hall of Famer. So mm-hmm. yeah, so like a once every ten years type type talent is would you consider that generational? That's yeah. kind of how I think about. It. That's how I thought about it, and I thought it was a little heavy when I put it on the paper, but I was like, nah. I mean, it is. It's it's truly right. He's a guy that can go in a game and single handedly change it himself and and impact all twenty two players on the field. There's not many people in football that can do that. Is is there anything else that you want to see from Micah? It, like at this point in the season, two games in. Do you want to see anything else? What else can he get to? What else can he go to? Other than, of course, increasing his sack total and increasing pressures and just doing more of what he's doing. But what else do you want to see from him? If I had to say anything, I'd just be able to drop out in coverage. Mm-hmm. I think the linebacker-ish type uh type characteristics simply be just from the standpoint of right now they can't really key in because of how smart Dan Quinn is but if Dan Quinn did want to mix things up and drop him off into coverage he has that ability to that's not to say that he can't right now but I don't think that Micah Parsons is great out in space by himself so I think that'd be one aspect of his game if he needed to add something to his arsenal that'd be the one that I'll point out that was the first thing I was going to say was just the only thing he's really missing from the stat column is that he hasn't had an interception yet and uh, to your point, yeah, playing out there. Because the one play that stands out to me would be last year up in New York when he, I think, was on a third down uh, in the red zone, and he dropped off and picked up Kenny Galladay on, on a throw that he ended up uh, it ended up being incomplete. But he, he was in good position and all that. But And I feel like there would be more of those opportunities, but I think he's even exceeded everybody in this building's expectations on the pass rush side. I mean, not just this building, everybody in, in – Everybody in Happy Valley must be, too, because of the fact that he wasn't doing all of this there. So, um, (laughs) no, I just I think that I think that he is certainly capable of doing that. Um, I just don't know if they even want to put him in that many positions right now just because he's doing so much disruption uh, within, I don't know, two seconds at the on the line. So, yeah, we we illustrated that with the one and a half seconds last week. Just start, stop, start, stop. I mean, the the way that he gets in the backfield is tremendous. You wrote another article, Nick, by the way. I mean, Nick just writes articles like crazy. But (laughs) it was it was about what Dan Quinn said that you haven't seen it all from Parsons yet. You haven't seen exactly what his ceiling looks like. And I think, of course, hearing that from from anybody is like, okay, like Mike is doing those types of things like we've probably seen the ceiling. But then it's Dan Quinn saying it, and it's like, okay, now I kind of believe you. I, yep. I kind of think this is a, a legitimate thing. I mean, go through what what exactly he said and how he's trying to utilize Micah in those ways. Yeah, thinking back to uh, trying to think back to what exactly he said, but I, I think it was more so in line with the training that he got over the off season and how much it's already been translated to the field, and the fact that he hasn't even had. Only, uh, more than two games to show what he's improved on over the offseason with uh, speed training was a big part of his offseason boxing was a huge part I mean he's gotten a lot of guys on the defensive line involved in that area as well so um, whether it be power speed uh, body training as well um, just getting more physical but also staying lean uh, all of those things have played a big factor into him coming out in these first two games and looking like the game record that he is I mean you can see the step forward that he's taken and you could see it in Oxnard when we were out there it was it was immediate so um, yeah, I, I, I think we're going to have 
more than 13 sacks from Michael Parsons this year, so that would be more than he's gotten in each of his first two seasons. It's always interesting how people that I really respect that either played the game or coached the game, any time there's like a really dominant pass rusher, everyone is kind of shy about like, all right, yeah, he's really good. But don't don't say that. Don't say the Lawrence Taylor thing. Don't. Mm. I mean, we don't. No one should ever go there, you know. And uh, that's that to me would be would be the ultimate step for him is if people were just not even shying away from. It. Romo mentioned it on the broadcast, you know. But even you know when he said it, he's like, you know, that would be that's like the you know you don't you don't want to mention that because people it just like he's on such a level. It's almost like with the comparing any NBA player to Jordan. You're just like, yeah, I don't know. Like I don't know if I want to do that. Yep. Um, but that that'll be that'll be interesting to see if he ever gets to that point where everyone's just like, oh yeah, no, he's 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 like Lawrence Taylor of this of this generation. Yeah. He certainly has the ability to get to that level, but you obviously have to play for a long time. And like you mentioned, so, Super yeah. Bowl win, you know, probably multiple defensive players a year probably have to be in an MVP conversation. Uh, so I mean, it's a lot, but. I only say that because he does have just such rare, rare potential. And we're in an era right now with so many elite pass rushers. It feels like we haven't had this um, uh, this many elite edge guys uh, in a while, at least in my lifetime. When you look at the Bosa's, T.J. Watt, Micah, I mean, all these guys are in the upper echelon. And it's, it's crazy to look at a talent like Micah like we have over the course of the last three months and know that there are probably three, four, five other guys that could compete with him on a week-to-week basis, which is just crazy to say. So... Uh, I guess first thing would be first is to to go ahead and notch a defensive player of the year before Lawrence Taylor discussions start coming around. But that would be like one final stone and what what he's got going on early on. See, and that's the thing that's wild is that not just Cowboys media is having this conversation, though. Yeah. I mean, it's national media that's happening. I, I mean, I'm looking at an article here from Pro Football Talk, and they say Micah Par- – this is a headline. Micah Parsons could be first defensive MVP since Lawrence Taylor. 1986 was the last time a defensive MVP – was named. I thought J.J. Watt won one. No. Did he not? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, no. there, wow. there's That's something crazy. with the Cowboys that nationally overrates things and then also can be beaten to death that doesn't need to be beaten <laughs> sure. to death. Sure, no doubt. But I like to, being from Michigan, I like to give it to the Lions. Thing. I always I always compare things to the Lions. And mm-hmm. it's just because they're so opposite organizations <laughs> in, in terms of you have to be Barry Sanders or Calvin Johnson, again, a level of the – so I use this as if Michael Parsons with the Lions, he's being talked about as much as he is right now. And this is not a cow, Cowboys only thing. He is playing on that type of a level where you, if you're not talking about him nationally, then you're probably not doing your job because of just the things he's doing. It's not like you can sit there and say, oh, this looks exactly like this guy or this looks like just something like like it's pretty rare what, what he's and, and, I, and here's the other thing. Like he hasn't won the defensive player of the year, but no. these are runner ups the last two years. It's not like it's just like, oh, this is a third breakout season. It seems like he's really no. He's had really good seasons. Yes. Did he not win defensive player of the year? No. But to even be runner up two years in a row and, and then going into this third year, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get it. And even if he doesn't, he probably will be second or third second at worst. Third, yeah. So it's not like this is just some coming out of nowhere thing. He's been doing this. It's not like, oh, wait till everybody gets tape on him. No, everybody has the tape on him and there's really no answer for him right now. Yeah. Can he win the MVP award? And I'm not talking defensive player of the year. That's, of course, within reach, well within reach at some point in Michael Parsons' career. But if he continues on the trajectory that he's on right now, can he be that? Can he be an MVP award winner? I don't see why not. I mean, you give MVP, you give MVP to guys that are just dominant. That's what you, I mean. I mean, I know it's a quarterback award, supposedly, but if you're dominant. Since 2013. Then, yeah, if you're a dominant, then you should, you deserve it. I mean, I truly believe that. I think there's been some dominant performances from quarterbacks, obviously because of the amount of times they touch the ball, mm-hmm. right? Patrick Mahomes, and you know, pretty much in that category every year. But Micah Parsons, is, is, he just destroys your game plan. So 
if he's able to continue this, which, I mean, is a very long season. And we got, what, 15 more games. Yep. So yep. <laughs> um, he has to sustain this for the rest of the year. And it makes it really, really difficult for a defensive player to win because if you have one or two off games, it throws off your numbers so drastically versus if you're a quarterback, you can have a you know a couple 400-yard passing games. And all, all of a sudden, you know, you're right you're back to the top. So it makes it difficult from that regard just because, you know, you're playing. Those guys had, what, 40-some-odd 40, 40 snaps. Um, he had two sacks and however many um, pressures. So when they start looking at the the percentages of plays that he affected, you know, it just is skewed. It's skewed towards offense. I think it would be tough for him to get in that conversation without the Cowboys having the best record in the NFC. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a regular season award, so I think that would have to be where you start at. They have to be the one seed in the NFC. And then the other part of it is, is you kind of need those other – you know, Mahomes and, and Burrow and some of those other quarterbacks to just have – I mean, they're going to have good years, but just not have anything crazy. Because if they have a – one of those has, like, a crazy season, yeah. like if Joe Burrow bounces back from this start and has just this, you know, outstanding season, it's not probably fair, but it probably will go to another quarterback. But but The only that? two active players that have won the MVP award are – Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Those are the yeah. only two. Because Aaron Rodgers, of course, he's won four of those things. But uh, he's he's out for the year. Yeah, four. That was ridiculous. Yeah. That is what were you going to say? He's. I, was, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is absolutely ridiculous. It's just funny how people don't put enough respect on him because they just don't care for his personal oh, sure, aspect. Sure, yeah. But he's a dog. I've uh, but said, I, was, I was laughing at Tyree, uh, at Tyreek Hill and him kind of trolling Michael Parsons. Did y'all see that? No, I what did you do? <laughs> so they're talking back and forth, I guess, on Micah's podcast that he has or whatever he does mm-hmm. on the side. Now, he was talking about how Tyreek Hill said that, you know, I don't know, man. I might not be a cheetah. I might be a lion. And Micah told him, well, you know, don't you, just, you might want to stay with that cheetah stuff because you'll be a cub over here. <laughs> and then Ty, Tyreek Hill posted a, a video of him having a seal block on the edge against the defensive end for uh, New England Patriots. And Tyreek Hill said, this is how I'm going to do Micah and Chris Jones. I'm just too much on that edge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he's another guy. I mean, he can he can say whatever he wants because he backs it up every Sunday. Yeah. So yeah. I do. I, I enjoy stuff like that. Yeah, his everybody tried to get on him in the in the training camp. Yeah, whenever he was saying that uh, he was doing film work on Madden instead of actually mm-hmm. watching oh, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, all right, Tyree Kill, you can do that. But any of you other young receivers, you cannot do that. <laughs> like, do not do that. I, it's funny to me just because not to get too far off topic, but it's just funny because I thought him and Mahomes together mm-hmm. were what made both of them to that to the level that they were. Um, and then to see them both separate and both stay on that incredible level, uh, in a way, makes you just kind of wish like they would have stayed, still, stayed yeah, together. You know? yeah. I'm okay with them splitting up. I think it's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good. And keep both of them in the AFC, there too, because that, that, that certainly helps. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor, last one to win it on the defensive side of the football. Micah Parsons, I think if there was a year to do it, that's kind of going back to what I was just saying. Only two guys that have, are active currently have won MVP awards. If there was a year to do it, it would be this year. It would be the the year where there's no Tom Brady, there's no Aaron Rodgers, there's no Peyton Manning. Yes, you do have Patrick Mahomes, who's 1-1 one one to start. Joe Burrow, 0-2 to start. Josh Allen doesn't look like he could even be in that conversation, at least through the first two weeks of the season. I mean, there's there's ways that he can sneak up there, but he's got to continue the dominance through all 17 games this season. Oh, oh no. no. I lost it. You were going to show off the, the graphic. The, the other thing that helps you, speaking of the Tyree Kill thing, is that Patrick Mahomes is... There it is. Maybe I'm not a cheetah, I'm a lion. That was Tyree Kill. 
And Michael Parsons says, stick to the cheetah, brother. You don't want to do nothing with this lion's work. You'd be a cub. <laughs> that is good. Got him. Um, Mahomes also Dang. doesn't have the weapons that he's had in previous years. So maybe no. that'll hurt his numbers a little bit. He's still Mahomes. Yeah. You know, he's to me, he's still the best player in the league. Um, but the weapons around him aren't as great. I mean, I feel like every year they've gone down a little bit. So maybe he still makes it happen. He would need like a four-sack game at some point. He would yeah. need like one of those like Heisman moments. Quote so so Mooch on Coach Mooch on NFL Network made a comment. I believe it was yesterday, and and I totally agree with him. And it, it might be something we have to take into another segment, but okay. he it was a conversation regarding sacks versus pressures. Which one is more important? Mm. And Mooch argued, and I agree with him that pressures are more impactful than sacks. Okay, so you're saying if it's an even number, like it, like you would take an even number of. Because it always, you know, there's more. It seems like there's more pressures than you actually get sacks. What's in a been game. more impactful for the Dallas Cowboys this year, sacks or pressures? So I'm going to say sacks game. only because of the fact of the, if you're just saying the individual play, okay. but pressures, yeah, I give it to it because the number is higher. That's the only thing I. Would what like. happens off of pressures? But if you told me that the pressures were turnovers. the exact same, what happens off pressures? Turnover. Turnovers. What happens on a sack? Sometimes lost, lost yardage. I don't know, man. I'm gonna tell you this right now. Those some of those Micah Parsons sacks that he's had in his career early in games just set you. the tone for the rest of the day. Where you're just like, yep, I know it where is this true. is going. It is true, and, and I think they they hold different weight. Maybe this is something we take. Let's take this into yeah, the second segment. segment. I like this idea. All right, when we come back, we're gonna talk about that sacks versus pressures. Which one holds more weight in certain scenarios? And also, we're gonna take a look at the Cardinals' offense. What does Joshua Dobbs bring to the table since Kyler Murray is not available? for Arizona when we come back with more Talking Cowboys right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys, and now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. 
This segment is brought to you by the Dallas Cowboys Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan and... It's also brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome back in, talking Cowboys. I did not get my oats in this morning, Kyle. Oh, did you get your Black Rifle coffee in? No, I need a shipment. (laughs) (laughs) That was the best timing 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 for for Beam. That was awesome. Uh, You know what I saw the other day? I'm going to bring it into the studio. It's sitting in my truck. I forgot to grab it, guys. I'm sorry. I was walking in Walmart, and they had, you know how, like, in the aisles, they have the little, what's it called? Um, mm-hmm. Not Walmart. Oh, whatever, whatever the superstore that our yeah. sponsor is. Uh, I was walking in the, the store the other day. You I know how they have the center? Yeah, whatever that is. Uh, they have the center consoles. They yeah. had these, like, toy cars sitting sure. up there, and they yeah. had, like, a bunch of different, like, brands of toy yeah. cars. And sitting on top of it was a NASCAR stock car. And I used to collect those as a kid. I loved collecting the little die-cast cars. It's a Black Rifle coffee car. No way. No lie. You know, I remember telling you guys about it. That's awesome. Racing in Daytona that they had a Black Rifle coffee car. I bought it. It was like a little $5 car. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to bring it in here. I'm going to put it with our little our little setup at the end right there. Yeah, Black Rifle. Yeah. Black Rifle, man. I, I'm just trying to say. I can only speak, get the I can coffee. speak to the brand if I can taste the brand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everything we've had from the brand has been phenomenal. So, yeah. this right here. Bro, I have one sitting on top of my refrigerator, but it's too pretty. I only got one. It is too pretty. <laughs> yeah, we need a whole another stash just yeah. to drink. That would be great. All right. Isaiah posed the question from somebody else. Who did you say? Mooch. Mooch. Yeah, yeah. So Isaiah posed the question from Mooch in the first segment. Which one is more impactful for this Dallas defense? And we're, that's why we're going we're gonna to narrow it in. For mm-hmm. the Dallas defense – Turnovers, or excuse me, pressures or sacks? Pressures or sacks is the question. I think here's here's the one. Th- this is why I think it's even. The first game, you would say the sacks were more impactful against the Jets. The sacks were there. They or, or excuse yeah. me, ex- against the Giants. The sacks were there. The loss of yardage was there. Giants never played in front of the the, the the chains. They never really had a chance to get their offense going because they were always playing behind the chains. The Jets, on the other hand. I think the pressures were more impactful because you had four takeaways. And most of them, or three of those four takeaways came off of Zach Wilson having to avoid pressure, roll out, and throw it into coverage. So it is even. I think it's very close. I still think I would give it to sacks because if you're equaling the pressures and the sacks number together, 10 sacks is far more impressive than 10 pressures. That's just how it looks for me. But they are impactful as a part of the game. I think it's situational and circumstantial. Like just like you said, like mm-hmm. sacks were more important in the Giants game, pressure is more important in the Jets game. Because if you have a quarterback that can operate really well under pressure, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, then not getting to him doesn't really do anything. You know, so I, I think it's circumstantial and it depends on who's who's back there at quarterback. Uh, you know, for example, you know, Joshua Dobbs coming up. <clears throat> Probably, probably pressures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a young quarterback who doesn't have a lot of experience, or quote unquote young, uh, but doesn't have a lot of experience. Pressures would probably be more important there. Um, but it, sacks are huge momentum shifters, and especially we've seen that with Michael Parsons. And adding that little lion celebration, that's just that just adds another layer of like momentum and intrigue to it. I, I think that's just been really cool. It's pretty accurate, lion crawl that he does too it's, it's, it's kind of it's, it's pretty kind of impressive he's worked on that it's yeah. <laughs> you think he's, he's in his, in his game house. room just like i mean i've, recording seen, himself. I've seen him do it a few times at practice so i know he's gotten some reps in but yeah he's got it down so you you do think it's sacks though and it's not even necessarily close no it's, it's close for sure i just think the number of pressures 
you know, like if you're going to get 10 pressures and, and four sacks, I'd rather have the 10 pressures. But if you tell me I can get four pressures, four sacks, give me the four sacks. I yeah. guess that's where I stand. And if it's a Micah Parsons sack, and I know that it's not like they're undefeated when he gets a sack, but man, especially early in the games, it, it just seems like it's such a tone setter for the rest of the defense. I, I agree. If you if you put them side by side, obviously, sacks are more. Sacks are going to be it. However, that's not how it works out, right? There's always going to be, for the most part, at least with this defense, there's going to be more pressures than there will be sacks. Okay, because as a quarterback, you're trying to get the ball out of your hands to avoid the sack. Okay, so you're pressured to not have the sack. You guys understand. So you're talking about the totality of the pressures, the the impact versus the totality of the sack. What's the result, right? If you get, if you get, let's call it, call it five and ten, right? Five sacks, ten pressures. Okay, you're probably going to have more impact off of the pressures than you would off the sacks. That's five. That's five sacks, though. Like that's a lot. That's five sacks. So you have five tackles for loss. Well, the reason those pressures have and impact, those pressures because of the threat of a sack. Because sex. of the yeah. absolutely, sacks. but what happens off of the pressures? What's happened off pressures this year? Takeaways. Yeah, no, for sure. I just how many takeaways have we had off of sacks this year? On those pressures, I would like one. Right? I think there was one. one. There was one. Yeah, we got one in there. On the pressures, I would also <laughs> like to hit the quarterback though. I mean, usually they get hit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just talking about the ones where like they cl- close in and to be the hit. guy just yeah throws it you, away but, or something but, like that. I need but I errant, need hits on the quarterback. Errant throws happen off of pressures. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Question. And because and then, of and that, we've seen we've seen Curse get an interception this yeah, year. We've seen Hawks Gilmore right, get an yeah. interception this year. We've seen uh, Trayvon Diggs. almost did. Yeah. I mean, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with this defense, no question. Wow. It is interesting. That is an interesting concept because yeah, I think what maybe one turnover for. Off of a sack, I think a Daniel Jones strip sack. I think it was Chauncey Golston in the oh, first game. Man, that that, that doesn't yeah. ring a bell. For There's some a reason. lot. Of it's already not hard to think time. about what the pressures have done, has it? <laughs> all right, all right. Pick, pick, pick. <laughs> yeah, sorry. All right. Point made. <laughs> no, I, I, I like the conversation though. So Jeffrey Fisher from Moorestown, New Jersey, asked us on the text line. Uh, said the the defense hasn't necessarily been tested in its totality, is what he says here. The game against the Cardinals, though, could be a little test, especially the way that they're able to run the football with Joshua Dobbs and James Conner. Mm. So with those two running the ball quite well, what do you think of that comment that they haven't been tested yet in terms of the two teams that they've faced? I think there's been decent amount of tests. I don't think the Jets nor the Giants are a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. Of course, Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing for the Jets. You're talking about the, the Cowboys haven't been tested? Correct. That's what he In said. this regard, that would be correct. Why is that? Because this style of offense is more like a Philadelphia-style offense. Arizona, that's what I'm speaking to. Okay. In terms of the zone read, in terms of the actual real threat of the running back being able to carry the ball and the real threat of the quarterback hurting you as well if he decides to keep the ball, their ability to move uh, move the pocket, get out the pockets, uh, throw on the run in terms of sprint outs, um, get on the edge, you know, the, the misdirection. They do a ton of misdirection ton of misdirection um so in terms of this defense being challenged in the way that they have been hurt in the past this will be the greatest challenge from the strategy standpoint and a discipline standpoint because dallas has only really struggled with one offense and that's been philly and that's because what philly does philly does misdirection philly does a lot of smoke over here right and number fire over here philly gets their quarterback out on the edge philly runs zone read offense right so a lot of the things that philly does this arizona offense does and a lot of people are not going to put respect on him because it's not the typical starter it's arizona the cardinals organization has been trashed for a while you know it, all the all the things but you better put some respect on it because this dude is smart as all get out 
He um, Dobbs, that is, the quarterback. Okay, You got Connor, who's running the ball really well. He's been doing so for some years. You have Ertz that's out there. You have you have Rondell Moore. You have freaking Hollywood Brown. You have some dudes that can get over the top of your coverage. You have their concepts that they're running offensively. There's a lot of switch releases, so they either, they're either going to flood the zones and really make it hard for you in terms of your responsibilities in zone defense, or if you play man-to-man, it's going to be really difficult because these guys are going to do a lot of rub routes and they have the speed to get beyond you. So mm. this is not just a walk-over-you type of offense. You know, I know defense has been killing it as of late, but this will be their greatest challenge in terms of the responsibilities and their discipline based upon things that they've struggled with in the past. I get all that, but I i don't think it will. The only thing for me it will be is that they overlook them and they don't show up. Because I agree with you on – I and, and I think that's great insight too, especially comparing it to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. It just They just don't have <clears> – <throat> excuse me, they don't have it close to the players that the Eagles do. That's the only – I mean – They're the generic brand version. Even the, the Eagles, Eagles, if you just take away one of those receivers, I don't know that the Eagles have as much success. But the fact that they have all the weapons that they have on top of it, um, if the Cardinals had a you know 100% healthy – Kyler Murray and you know 100% healthy DeAndre Hopkins who obviously is not there anymore like what they were building towards totally different I just I look at and I'm probably I probably shouldn't do this but I just look at that the way that the Titans played it's one of the worst games I've seen I I hated watching that game against the Cowboys last year with Dobbs and it was just so awful and I'm just like this is not the guy to do it so maybe I'll be proven wrong on Sunday but if they don't overlook them they're blowing them out. Dallas got up ten to nothing early in that game, and then a couple field goals before halftime. It touchdown right at the start of the second or the third quarter. It was seventeen thirteen going into the fourth, and then Dallas put up some points. And they were also trending. The Cowboys were not trending in a good direction. No, and that's something not. that we'll definitely be monitoring during this season because they're clearly on the up. Everybody's healthy. Everything's great. You know, not turning the ball over. Micah's wrecking every game. Uh, Osa's emerging and all that, but. How are they going to be after you take some, you know, getting beat up? And then, you know, you could have a couple of losses that you shouldn't have, like the Packers game, like the Jags game. And then you start trending in a direction where then all of a sudden you have that Washington game that left me scratching my head, like one of the most bizarre games I've ever seen the Cowboys play. Um, But that Titans game, if I can erase one game from having to go to in my life, it's that that game was (laughs) so terrible. Literally Thursday. Yeah, it's it's one on prime. It's one of the biggest reasons why I'm not a fan of Thursday night football. It was so bad. Um, I. I'm not super worried about the running game with Joshua Dobbs specifically because I think this is one of the worst, if not the worst, offensive line they'll see all year. Mm. And I think it's more important to keep Dobbs healthy than it even was for Tennessee last year just because Clayton Toon is not going to be ready to come in that game if he has to and, you know, perform against that defensive line. So, I mean, he's he's rushed the ball six times so far through two games, a little bit more action um, against New York than he had in week one, but he's already fumbled three times. I... I I find it hard to believe that they're really going to put him in, in situations where he's going to be in those read options. I I think we could see two or three, but I don't think it's going to be a predominant part mm-hmm. of the offense. Nice. The, now, the tight end usage, I think that will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I cracked it down this morning. I think it was 45% of his uh, completions so far have been either Zach Ertz or Trey McBride, their tight end uh, duo. So it's going to be quick stuff, you know, in uh, in the seams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll get we'll see that second level get active in coverage too. So maybe even some opportunities for Mike to get get in coverage as well. Yeah, I I agree in in some regards, but I do think that respect should be placed on For these sure. guys because I think that I do think they're going to give Dallas a, some a handful of problems. I, I truly do. I, I really believe that they're going to cause some headaches. I think that Dobbs has over seventy five yards rushing in this game mm. because if I'm the coach and what I've seen on film from Dallas this year, what's hurt Dallas this year? 
Uh, Zach Wilson escaping on that one drive. What else happened? Dan- go Danny. go back the week before that. Danny Dimes dropped back. As soon as as soon as they run, as soon as they run a stunt, as soon as they run a stunt, what what did Danny Dimes do? Off, took off. Yeah, right. Why would you not do that? If I'm seeing it, the last time Zach ran, J. Ron Curtis laid the wood on him. I hear you. I hear you. If you do that a few times, I'll probably Dobbs has wheels. Dobbs has a cannon. Let's go fifty. He has a. I just said this this is my this my outlook. Now I'm not. And obviously we do like whoa ho ho. I'm still stuck on seventy five here. I think he runs for seventy five. Okay, that would be wild. His career high. In rushing yards in a single game happened in week two of the 2023 season. Oh, wait. (laughs) This was last week. He had 41 yards. That was his career high. Yep. (laughs) Here's his rushing totals in games that he has played in. 41, 32, 20, 15, 12, 0, 0, negative 1, negative 3, negative 3. i tell you what. Hold on. i got to be fair about something. i I, I completely left this out. Uh Uh-oh. People need to know this, too. Okay, if I'm going to hate on that Thursday game, let's also remember he's coming off of a, a, a being a practice squad quarterback with the Lions, and like in one week yeah, is thrown in that. So it's not not yeah. like it's not going to be apples and apples. No, no, he did, he did for sure. <laughs> but I also think that I don't know. I did not think that that was the normal Cowboys team that played that game. There was they were just right. looked t- terrible in that game. But anyway, I think it needs to be put out there though. I'm not, I'm not going to simply like write was, it off because Dallas had a bad day. Yeah, right. I'm not going to write that. Well, off. if the Dallas has a good if, day, it won't matter what Josh Dobbs does. It's over. I know you got to make a point. If your 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 job as an offensive coordinator is to take what the defense is not doing well with, okay, and highlight your players and put them in the best position possible. So if you already have a zone read offense, which Arizona has, right, and you have proof and evidence that Dallas struggles with that, make them think. Why would you not make that the premier part of your offense? It's not like you're adding that to your offense. It's already – this is what you do. So I don't care what you've done in the past, Dobbs. This is what I need you to do this week. And that's what that's your strategy. And you cause headaches. And guess what? You, I'm nervous. How, I'm how nervous can we slow Micah down? going to be running this week. Only time we've ever seen Micah slow down and stop his feet is on zone read and you go back to the Philly game. Every Philly game he has to stop his feet and figure out what direction do I go. Every time. But you think that they can do that enough to keep the game close. I'm not say, I'm, I'm saying I'm not saying that the game's going to be close. I didn't say that. Okay, <laughs> okay. All right. well, just, but all what right. I, what I said is I think they are going to cause some headaches for the defense in that okay, regard yeah, that yeah. you have not seen this so, year. Oh, so sure, sure. Challenge. I agree with you on that. It's yeah, going to yeah. be a completely different challenge. Yeah. Because I was thinking we were getting into say with your chest fried. No, 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 yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm just like, saying like upset alert. This what my, my statement is. This will be the greatest challenge in terms of discipline, right, and strategy that Dallas's defense has faced so far this year. To this point, yes. That that makes more sense, but still seventy five rushing yards. I'm still. I will say this: if Joshua Dobbs rushes for seventy five yards, uh, I will ooh. come in on Monday wearing ooh. all pink and a tutu. Let's do it. I am so serious. That's shit. <laughs> shake. You didn't even have like a return bet on. It's okay. It's too late. You already shook on it. You already shook on it. Beamer, you got that? Click that for Dobbs now. Tutu. I'm going tutu shopping. <laughs> I, I'm you know my 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 now, business my business is right next door to a Joanne, so I'm going to get you a tutu. I'm going to get you a tutu. I'm tagging Dobbs on Twitter right now. Yeah, please. Yeah, let's just go ahead and do it. Wow, uh, I have never rooted for another player to hit a certain rushing mark. Because you're a hater. Entire, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. You've learned from me. I know. I've spent too much time with he's you gonna, recently. He's going to have one run for 75 yards. Exactly. Gonna exactly. Oh, it's going to be like, it's gonna first be quarter. quarter. I'm going to be like, no. 
I'm going I'm to jump out the press box that, at State yeah, Park Stadium. is going to be <laughs> rocking. It's just going to be Can Nick you just imagine he does that in the first carry, and so it's like it's very early in the game, whatever. Like, so you're just sweating the whole entire time. But like in the fourth quarter, he does like a run and then loses like four yards, and you're just like how excited you'd be. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's with like 73. Yeah. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Nick Harris in all pink <laughs> and a 2-2. Are, are these the fastest receivers that Dallas has faced? Yes. I will say that. I, I was looking at that this morning between yeah. Hollywood Brown, Four Greg threes. Dortch, uh, Rondale Moore. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have some speed, speed guys. My only thing is, who do they put on the outside? You know, who do they put in the slot? Who do they who do they maximize? I, I guess it would be Hollywood who you try to maximize. But, I mean, all three of those guys have uh, speed and they have catching ability. Let's answer that question. Who do you put on the outside against the speed from the Arizona Cardinals offense when we come back with more Talking Cowboys right after this? They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of America's team. All right, we asked the question going into break. Nick Harris posed it. Is this the quickest wide receiving core that the Dallas Cowboys defense has seen to this point. I think all four of us probably look at it and say, yes, this is the quickest that they are going to face. Why is, why does that present a challenge, Nick, in terms of 
coverage and who's going to be on the outside, who's going to cover on the perimeter. Yeah, because you have guys that are multiple, um, multiple guys that are multiple, meaning guys that can play inside, guys that can move outside and still you know, give you a developed route tree and show some things. Um, but I, I think when you're talking about Marquise Brown, Rondale Moore, uh, Greg Dortch, these are guys that are maximized in the slot because they have more space to operate. Um, but you're going to have to move one of them out. Uh, I mean, you're going to have Michael Wilson probably on a boundary. Uh, so that's 6-2 frame you would want out there. Um, you also have the uh, option of putting Zach Ertz out, out wide, um, which uh, you know they've done a couple of times through the first couple of weeks as well. But I, I think with Marquise Brown, just given his experience in um, playing outside both at Oklahoma and then early on with Arizona, I, I think you probably, you, you probably want him out there uh, lined up against Gilmore and then Wilson lined up against Trey Trayvon, with Trayvon being more of the you know bigger physical corner, you'll want your bigger physical receiver on him. Um, I, I think it's going to be tough for either of those guys, um, especially with Michael Wilson on Trayvon Diggs. But I, I think it'll be an interesting test for Gilmore if he's lined up against the speed guy that they do put on the outside. Just because Gilmore, I, it, he didn't look great against uh, the Jets. If I had to pick one defensive player that I, I would have liked to see more from, it would have been Gilmore. Uh, we saw it on the slant, but we take away the slant uh, that uh, Garrett Wilson had where he broke away from Stephon Gilmore there were a couple couple of opportunities where it was just bad balls from Zach Wilson where if they were on 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 the money it was 10 15 yard gains and um, I didn't love the performance from from Gilmore uh, in week two so I would like to see him matched up against a speed guy a guy that will force him to stay with him stay for a step for step yeah I think you have to have big plays from these receivers for Arizona even to say in this game I just do not see Arizona just meticulously going you know, 10, 12, 15 play drives up and down the field on this defense. So that's the one way that they could stay in it. The Josh Jobs running, getting some big runs or hitting off some big plays down the field like that. Yeah, that, that's that's one way they could stay into it for sure. James Conner and Marquise Brown are the only Cardinals with 80-plus scrimmage yards through the first two regular season games. Conner has been great. 37 carries, 170 rushing yards and rushing touchdown. He has 176 yards from scrimmage. Uh, Brown, nine receptions, 82 yards and a touchdown. So he's just right over the top of that that threshold. So they've been limited to this point, but that doesn't mean that you can't break the big play. That's the one time Dallas has given up a touchdown was the big play to Garrett Wilson. So uh, it, it certainly could happen. And, and this offense will look a lot better with Caleb Williams next year. Yeah, it might. Honestly, it might. Look <laughs> I just wanted to it see what Isaiah really was good. I just wanted to see Isaiah's face. That's the best quarterback in the Pac-12 for sure. Hey. Caleb Williams is going to get a, a little bit of an introduction. He's going to be in Tempe on Saturday night. So hey, it doesn't have to be Caleb Williams. It could be Shadur Sanders. Could be you. That's the second best quarterback. <laughs> oh, there you go. Phoenix. Who? Phoenix. Who's that? only leading the country in passing. Don't worry about That's it. For, for a second year in a row. <laughs> for a second year in a row. Hey, I will say the receiver. We only throw for 500 yards a game. The Played. leading receiver for Washington, Jalen Polk from Lufkin, Texas. Hashtag Beast Texas. <laughs> Has been doing great. We have the work, best so receiver in, in, in the league. In the country. Washington recruits Texas. They have to. Very hard, actually. They got a defensive lineman last year that was pretty solid. It's it's the campus and it's the appeal of Seattle. They'll be able to recruit all, all of them. It, it is a cool stadium, is, cool yeah. vibe. 493 like cool. yards passing per game, number one in the nation. The f- <laughs> 614 total offensive yards per game. That's number two that's in the crazy. nation. 1,300 passing yards through the first handful of games. That's number one in the nation. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Just second year in a row. Put some it's respect on the really good offense. Just hey, it's that a is really a good, good point, offense. though. If you, you want to get out of the Texas heat and go to Seattle like that, too? Yeah. I can see it. Easy. I can totally see that, yeah. Easy. Hmm. 
That's interesting. Yeah, a little just saying, man. They put some respect on them. They won't even boot. They won't even bump us up in the ratings. They just oh, we'll just keep them at number eight overall. Well, yeah, all I right. Mean, you would think you would get a massive boost in the ratings after beating Boise State, you know, oh, Tulsa, hey, Michigan hold on, hold on, State, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Big time I know we got to go because people, but listen. <laughs> We scheduled greater opponents for our "quote unquote" preseason. We yeah, had Cal coming up. We, next no, no, no. Week, we, no, no listen, we had Ohio State on our schedule. We were supposed to play Ohio State this year, uh-huh. but they backed out. Mm. Ohio State paid a three million dollar penalty. They paid a three million dollar penalty because they backed out of playing us. I wonder why they backed out. Not a great year for for the mm. Bucks for the Buckeyes. Mm. Not, you played so, so you got a head coachless <laughs> Michigan State in in return. Oh my god. <laughs> Hey, we can't control. You, you, we can't control. We schedule. We schedule good games, but we can't control a top supposedly top programs back out because they're scared to take the L early in the year. And you can only okay. play what's in front of you. You're going to be five and zero going into that October 14th matchup against Oregon. Oregon Purple don't want that out. word. They don't want that word. Oregon going to beat you by Oregon 40. does not want our word. Oof. Beat them by 40. 40. I think Washington gets them. You don't know Yeah, you do. think so? I, think gets them. Them. I actually really do like Washington. I just like giving Isaiah. A I hope. Bit we, I hope we face Colorado in a Pac-12 championship. <sighs> that won't happen. <laughs> so I know. Yeah. I know. Colorado's I know it won't happen. It's going to be SC versus UW, but yeah, it'd be fun though. Or Oregon. Quarterback showdown, baby. Don't hate on the Ducks. Ducks. Okay. I hate Ducks. Quack, quack. I hate the Ducks. More than the Trojans? hate the Ducks. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that Oregon I hate the Trojan song. Is, it's legit. I hate the Trojan song, but I hate the Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> like, them and Washington State are, like, even keel in terms of me and my I disgust have, for them. I have an Oregon snapback from, I will like, throw way it, I back will throw way. it in the garbage. And then I've got a, I've got a Washington, ta- Washington State t-shirt, too. I will burn it <laughs> in studio. While, while it's on. With a fire extinguisher. <laughs> you should wear the uh, Oregon pink out jersey if no. Joshua Dobbs does not get no. Oh, <laughs> I like oh. that. The handshake's already been done. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's yeah. on right. film. There's no way we can find that jersey anyway. <laughs> that does it for us here on Talking Huskies. I mean, Cowboys. What well, glad you joined us today. We'll be back tomorrow. Isaiah will maybe make the, the shot tomorrow. He'll maybe, maybe hit it. You got a full breakdown of the Cardinals defense tomorrow coming, right? Oh, yeah. Got a little you. film room action coming tomorrow night. But uh, we'll have that 9 a.m. Central Time. Be sure to get your calls in right now, 888-855-2297 for Cowboys Storyline with Nick Eatman. But that does it for us on Talking Cowboys today. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the Star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow on more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!